This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Accidents happen, and when they do, you'll want a lawyer who will stand up to the insurance company and fight for your rights. In case of emergency, have this name in your back pocket. Goldfinger. Brian Goldfinger. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Loom, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors defeated the Philadelphia 76ers by a score of 119-107 to at the Wells Fargo Center on Tuesday night. Um, this was one of the Raptors' most impressive performances of the season, or at least, you know, definitely one of their most perform- impressive performances of, since the new year. I'll say that much. Um, you know... Look, the Raptors match up really well with the 76ers, and I think over the course of the four-game series, so the Raptors have now won 3-1. to one. Um, Obviously, the Sixers had that one randomly lopsided game. There was no Kawhi for that one. Second half of back-to-back, you know, whatever. It wasn't a big deal. Um, but the three games in which the Raptors have won were all very decisively won by the Raptors, I would say. They definitely look like the better team on the in all three of those contests. So, you know, the Raptors do have a matchup advantage against this team just because I just think... They match up well, sort of, across the board. The Raptors defend the Sixers pretty well and definitely can score on them. Um, but I also, I mean, like, this is a pretty big game. Like, you know, it's, they're, it's like right before the trade deadline. The trade deadline is on Thursday. So last game before the trade deadline, they play Thursday night, but that'll be after the deadline. Um, and the Raptors had sort of failed a couple of these test games sort of before this, right? Like, you had... Um, the Spurs game, right? It's a big game. Maybe it wasn't a test game, more of an emotional thing, but they got just dusted, right? So it's okay. Then you got the Houston game. That was obviously very frustrating, even though they made that late comeback. Got the Bucks game, which was infinitely frustrating because, you know, just of how important that game was and the Raptors had three games at home and season series, everything on the line, and then they just lay an egg. Um, even the Indiana game, to some extent, you know, the one where Oladipo went down, the Raptors couldn't pull that one out late. Um, and... Uh, what else am I missing? There's probably another game that I stretch. But, uh, oh, the Celtics game. Yeah, that was that was a bit concerning, too. Just watching Kyrie just tore the Raptors to shreds. Um, so the Raptors needed one of these games. And this was on TNT. It's the first game of the night. You know, everyone's watching this one prime time. Philadelphia has most of their players. They don't have Redick. But, you know, it's fine. They have a lot of other players. Um, you know, it's probably best that Redick doesn't play on Chinese New Year, to be honest. But, um yeah, I mean, the Raptors came out and just dominated the 76ers, and it was great to see. It was such a relief for many reasons. Um, the most obvious reason being Kyle Lowry, who got his name dangled in trade rumors randomly throughout the day. Uh, report coming out from a reporter at uh, Sports Illustrated. Um, 
said that the Raptors had offered Kyle Lowry and JV for Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley. Look, I don't think that deal made a lot of sense. And, um, yeah, I don't think it was very realistic. And, you know, chances are pretty good that it was probably put out there so that the actual deal, which was Gasol going to Charlotte, um, that could probably play out as a little bit of leverage. But it just didn't really make sense. But regardless, Lowry had been sort of dragged through the mud. And, you know, for good reason, to be honest. I mean, not good reason, but... For some cause, right? He hadn't been playing well basically for the last two months, and he's had this back injury. Um, But today, in Philadelphia, in front of his mom, at home, you know, he had a great, great game. I mean, 20 points, 7 of 16 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3, 6 assists, 2 steals, plus 13. You know, that's, look, that should be what Kyle Lowry averages, but obviously that's sort of not what he can do on a night-and-night basis anymore, but... Um, the way he played tonight was very encouraging. He set the tone early on for the Raptors, who the Raptors came out in the first quarter. That was one of their most impressive performances of the season. Just that first quarter alone, the, the, the swiftness in terms of how, and how crisp they were executing their sets and how much they were getting into the Sixers defensively. Like Sixers got a couple of foul calls to really like boost their scoring. I mean, that basically can be said for the whole game. The Sixers shot 41 free throws, despite the fact that their fans were booing the referees and, and, and their broadcast was saying how the referees were handing this to the Raptors. Like, huh? You shot 41 threes free throws in regulation and you're complaining? But, you know, whatever. That's Sixers fans for you. But, um, yeah, Raptors were really, really good. They won the quarter 40-28. to Lyra was a big part of that. He drops the basket early on for two layups, um, you know. And look, this is obviously not going to be the primary mode in which Kyle Lowry scores. He's mostly going to get those spot-up threes, and he hit five threes today, which was great. Um, especially in the second quarter, he's getting really hot. But, uh, I mean, yeah, just he came out early and set the tone, attacked the basket really hard. That seemed like the Raptors' plan for most of the game, just go to the basket, go to the basket, go to the basket. And um, they were successful. I mean, they got to the line 32 times themselves. So Kyle was really good at that. Um, you know, he was just, and he got the Raptors playing at a pace where that's where I want to see the Raptors play. Like no more walking the ball up and stuff. This is not a team that should be doing that, right? This is such an athletic team that I'm talking about the Raptors that, you know, you should be able to leverage that into your advantage by playing faster and, and, um, creating more motion and off ball stuff. And I thought, you know, Lowry was able to get the Raptors into their offense really well in terms of Kawhi. They identified really early on that the Sixers were going to double team Kawhi almost at every single spot on the floor. And so the Raptors came prepared. Kawhi not only finished with three assists, but he did have a lot of sequences where he would pass out a double team. The Raptors would swing, reverse the ball, and it would be like Pascal in the corner. He hit a three. Like, um, you know, Kyle would hit a jumper or Serge would hit a mid-range jumper. Like, Kawhi did a really good job of identifying the double team, passing it out, and being unselfish with his offense. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Raptors overall it was just great. Even when the bench came in, you know, they kept up the energy. I thought... DeLon Wright early in the game was really energetic. Now, DeLon only finished one of seven, but he did go to the free throw line for six attempts. He was really aggressive going to the basket. Um, OG came in, uh, had a nice little drive and dish sequence to, I think, uh, Monroe. Also had a nice spin move, which was, you know, shades of Pascal Siakman. So the Raptors had this great first quarter. They sustained in the second quarter. Um, you know, Larry getting hot from three really helped, but, you know, they held this big advantage heading into halftime. However, it looked the game looked a little bit shaky in the third quarter, especially at the start of it, because Serge Ibaka picked up his fourth foul on an offensive foul, really late call, like really late. He scored, he kind of nudged, you know, Jimmy Butler, or whatever, like a full five seconds. They're running back on defense, and all of a sudden the foul gets called. It is a foul, but it was just frustrating. 
And then really on the ensuing play, like literally the next time down the floor, the Sixers were really smart. They they went to Embiid in the post, and they went against uh, Ibaka. And Ibaka tried to like deny him from going middle, but then you got a call for a blocking foul. Um, kind of a bang-bang call, really. But, um, yeah, that was his fifth foul. And, and to be honest, Nick Nurse um, even admitted after the game that, that was a mistake on his part. And I thought immediately, like, yeah, you should you should get Ibaka out of the game when it's his fourth foul. Maybe he just forgot, but... Um, that w- that really set the Raptors back because obviously there was no JV and you got Embiid up there. And so, you know, the Raptors had to rely on Monroe. And for a second there, the Sixers had made a, a small run. I think they scored like seven straight, um, especially with Ibaka out. And, you know, Embiid is just having his way down there. But um, you got to credit Monroe. He really settled down and had one of his most impressive performances of the season. Now, he was still a minus 14 in 18 minutes. But he did actually finally replicate some of what JV does, which is, Get on the glass, be physical, and just, like, you know, play with some physicality. I, I know it's not that simple, but, like, damn, like, Monroe up to this point had been playing, like, Barnani level of soft, like, for real, right? So, it was nice to see him finally get down on the glass. You know, he got five offensive rebounds, seven rebounds overall, got ten points. A lot of those were putbacks. Like, that's what you want to see out of Monroe, and Monroe really helped sustain the Raptors' second unit on a night where a lot of other players were cold and, um... Yeah, the third quarter was sort of a, you know, nip and tuck affair. And even in the fourth quarter, the Raptors sort of went into a bit of a funk offensively and the Sixers were able to get a single digits, just, you know, nine, eight points, stuff like that. But the Raptors were able to close it out. Um, You know, I thought uh, Ibaka overall was really great in terms of his effort against Embiid. Now, Embiid had 37 points, but I will have to say that Serge did play pretty good defense individually against Embiid. Raptors only started doubling him, double teaming and beat late. Um, you know, that was, but Ibaka was, you know, pretty impressive in his own right. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 10 of 15 shooting, plus 24 in his 27 minutes. You know, what does that tell you about the matchup where Embiid can get all his points, but he's a minus nine, whereas Serge gets a plus 24, right? So Serge was really productive. Pascal was really great, just filling in around the gaps. I think this third, honestly, like, it's way better if Kyle is second option and Pascal is a third option. Um, you know, just, just because like Pascal was so good at sort of filling in between the gaps, like the guy I would compare him to really is like, um, Sean Marion, right? Like Sean Marion, you would never really feature him in the offense, but he's so athletic, he's so energetic and he's so capable that he's going to give you these 16 points off pure hustle and defense transition, things like that, broken plays, rebounds. And that's what Pascal did, you know, open threes in the corner. Like he basically put that Sean Marion role today and he was, he was really good at it. And he guarded Jimmy Butler, which was, you know, not easy. Butler shot 5 of 12, by the way, from the field for 18 points and uh, got pissed off and didn't talk to the media afterwards. Um, so a really productive night from Siakam. And, you know, Lowry already talked about it. It's great to see him being aggressive. He didn't really – he wasn't obviously as effective in the second half. He was like – I think he had maybe all 20 in the first half. But um, it doesn't matter. Like, this is the type of performance that Kyle can give you. And if Kyle can give you these five threes – and also be aggressive and, and set up some of his teammates. And, like, then all of a sudden the Raptors' issues aren't quite there. You know what I mean? Like, you don't really have to worry about three-point shooting when you have a guy like that in your starting lineup who can create. You don't have to worry about, you know, secondary scoring when Kyle can provide that for you. You don't even have to worry about the chemistry stuff. Because I feel like today, especially if Kyle plays at this level of energy and effort, he's going to eventually find enough open opportunities around Leonard um, where he's going to, you know, uh, have you know, chances to score and sort of, you know, this whole Larry Leonard chemistry kind of thing. Like, you know, Larry's a very smart guy and, and Leonard is not playing that much different from what the way the Rosen played. So like, I'm sure Larry would have figured a way around it, but, um, he, you know, those two 
or Vidal leading the offense. Kawhi, I mean, like, like I already talked about, like, you know, um, Sixers doubled him all the time, and he made some great passes. Don't look at just the three assists. Like, he was really good at moving the ball. And also, the Raptors were really good at sort of creating opportunities where, you know, they would get Kawhi in motion off handoffs and stuff like that, so that Sixers would have a hard time actually doubling him. And Kawhi got to the rim a lot. Um, the Sixers really just weren't able to guard him very well. And he got to the free throw line 17 times. And, um, you know, that's he finishes 24 points despite only hitting three field goals and only one two-point shot, which is generally how Kawhi scores. But, um, you know, he was able to contribute in other ways with his passing. Also with his defense. My God, Ben Simmons, man. Just, I don't even know. Like, do, do you just sit out the next time Kawhi plays? Because that would probably help the team. Because <laughs> Ben Simmons was was having a tough night. I mean, he's already had... I think he had an 11 turnover game, and then like that eight turnover game, and now he had another six turnover game. Like it's just Kawhi was everywhere, and Kawhi on Simmons is a is one of those few cases where, you know, the Raptors don't generally put Kawhi on the other team's best offensive player. They just don't, right? They they usually kind of let Danny Green do that job, but like when Kawhi does do that, and you see when Kawhi is on Simmons, like it jams so much of what the Sixers want to do in terms of just executing their offense because their main playmaker can't move around without being basically harassed. Um, and um, you know, in the in the case of Simmons as well, like Kawhi is able to help off Simmons and, and be a help defender and, and crash down and dig down on and beat in the post or like you know send help when Butler's going to the rim and stuff like that. So I, I thought Kawhi overall was really good defensively, and this is one of those games where you're able to see his true two way potential. I mean, you see it usually on every night, but you don't usually see it to some the same extent because Kawhi's not asked to do as much defensively. But against Simmons, it's such an enjoyable matchup to watch, especially because Simmons just like tries the same move against. Kawhi tries to post him up, throw up a little hook shot that's like Drummond esque. Like, get out of here, man! Like, it's just, it's just, it's such a bad matchup for Simmons. Like, you literally couldn't create a more difficult uh, player to score against if you were someone with Simmons' skill set uh, than against someone like Kawhi, who was really, really good. But um, you know, I mean, overall, it was a good, just a good team effort. You know, you got Monroe stepping up off the bench. That was really nice to see. You got Norman Powell stepping off the bench, fourteen points in sixteen minutes. Um, really aggressive going to the basket. I mean, this, so many possessions where the Sixers would have, I don't know, one of their crappy defenders on him, like, you know, uh, Furkan Korkmaz or, like, uh, what's his name, Landry Shamit. Like, yeah, like, Norms just sized them up in the middle of the floor and just drove past those guys and got buckets, especially for the second unit where, you know, during half-court situations they weren't able to really score that much. Norm was really the facilitator there. Um, he was also a factor in transition uh, him and Kawhi sort of paired for two consecutive scores in the third quarter there and um he was good I thought Delon was you know really good with his energy early on and just really good with his passing uh one thing I've knocked about Kawhi or sorry one thing I've knocked uh, Delon about in the past is just um how he's not as effective running the offense, especially a half-court offense, as compared to Van Vliet. However, DeLon does have great vision, and obviously that's some of that's you know a product of his you know, height. He's like 6'6", right? So he can look over the defense and stuff. And, like, you know, DeLon threw some gorgeous cross-court passes today that really allowed the Raptors to get into the offense. I mean, eight, uh, eight points, five assists, four rebounds, two steals, um, in 18 minutes with DeLon, like, those are types of hustle and sort of supporting type of plays where, like, if DeLon could be, like, a Marcus Smart type of player for the Raptors, obviously that's sort of pie in the sky because Marcus Smart is actually quite good despite the fact that he looks like Bulbasaur. Um, like, he's just, you know, DeLon is capable of doing that type of stuff. And when he does sort of put in these performances, it really does help. 
Same thing can be said for OG, who, you know, if you look at the box for two points, four rebounds, two assists, you're like, whatever. But he was really effective in his 14 minutes. I thought, you know, just his energy, um, you know, uh, really is just filled in for gaps. Like, it's on the boards, you know, like he was pretty good at the driving dish. And, you know, his one bucket was... Uh, like that Siakam spin move, like I mentioned earlier. So I don't know. OG just filled in nicely with his activity. And I thought defensively was all right. I mean, he, he he does have a tendency to be a bit handsy, and that's obviously not ideal in a situation where the refs are calling everything. But um, you know, if OG plays with this type of defense and 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 uh, energy, then you know you're you're happy with his performance. So good night for the Raptors overall. Really good night. Um, in terms of just miscellaneous notes, I mean. Raptors were really good on the offensive glass, which I thought, look, the Sixers really just exhausted themselves, man. Like, they, MB played 42, Ben Simmons played 44, Shamit played 34, and Butler played 39. Like, the whole team kind of got tired, especially Embiid, who obviously doesn't really have the best conditioning. Um, and the Raptors were really able, especially in the fourth quarter there, like, they had a lot of empty possessions, especially in crunch time. Like, they could probably, I mean, this is just a thing that you need to f- figure out, but um, the Raptors were able to keep a lot of possessions. Like there's like one play where they had like three offensive rebounds on the same play, and it really just drained the Sixers, um, you know, just of their energy. Really, that they had to defend for like a minute long because the Raptors kept getting the, uh, on the glass. And so, you know, that's one area where you don't usually see the Raptors dominate the offensive glass. They got 15 tonight. Sixers are usually a really good defensive rebounding team, but uh, the Raptors, you know. They found a way to win. And honestly, they look really impressive doing it. And it was on national TV. It really does alleviate a lot of concerns. You know, and especially with Lowry playing the way he is, you're probably not hearing as much trade rumors or at least credible trade rumors. And you're not at, you're not hearing as many fans talk about trading Lowry because, look, realistically, if you trade Lowry, all you want is a guy. Like, if you trade Lowry for Conley, for example, all the whole point of that is really just to get this type of production every night. Right, like Conley's giving you twenty point six rebounds and a couple threes, right, and six assists, right. So, you know, if Kyle can just give you this, right, then you would much rather have that. You don't want to surrender extra assets for Kyle to get to this point. And if it if it really just takes Kyle getting healthy with his back, which I'm not sure is something that you can do with management, but you know, hey, if he can give him those performances, um, maybe you mind you just trick him into thinking that every talent he plays in is Philadelphia. Like, I don't know, but. If Kyle gives you this, then it solves so many problems for the Raptors. Like, so many problems. Like, the fact that he hit five out of the Raptors' 11 threes on the night. Like, you know, that's how important Kyle is. And on those nights where he's not giving you anything in terms of scoring, it does put such a strain on the rest of the team. But um, tonight he stepped up, and you see what the Raptors are capable of. This was a very reminiscent of a lot of wins the Raptors had early in the season when they started out 20-4. and four, And uh, that's just really nice to see. So, in terms of your three stars... Um, giving the first start to, uh, I got the first start to Kyle, man. Just give it up for Kyle Larry. Really, just a really great performance. Um, you know, obviously reassuring fans, everything like that. Second start, I'm going to Serge Ibaka. Um, just, uh, Yeoman's effort, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 10 to 15 shooting, 27 minutes, plus 24. You know, says it all right there. And then third start, I'm giving that to Kawhi Leonard, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals. Only shot 3 of 11 from the field, um, but did have 16 of 17 from the free throw line that, uh, you know, to, to really boost the Raptors scoring. But, um, you know, there's a lot of other guys that deserve recognition. I thought Monroe deserves some love. Norman Powell deserves some love. Even Pascal deserves some love. So it was a good performance all around by the Raptors. And then in terms of the Gerald Henderson Award, 
This one's really tr- tricky because the Sixers supporting players are almost all trash. But if I had to pick one, I guess I'll give it to Furkan Korkmaz, which, um, you know, I don't know. He had 11 points. <laughs> I don't know, man. The Sixers supporting cast is really, really terrible. Like, they need to pick up, like, three pieces at the trade deadline. I don't understand why they didn't play a guy like Corey Brewer, for example. He's probably better than Korkmaz or Jonah Bolden or things like that. At least he knows how to play. Um, especially on a night where Shammy gives you six points. Like, you know, why not go to a veteran? But uh, I'm not Brett Brown. I'm not Santa Claus Brett Brown. So that's not my call to make. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the podcast right there. I mean, like, I, this is really encouraging performance of the Raptors. And you needed to see one of this. I needed to see one of this, to be honest. I've been getting really negative on the Raptors. Um, and it's nice when they send you a reminder to be like, hey, it's a good team. It's a good team. So, does it for the podcast. As always, you can read 10 things. Um, there will be, if the Raptors do make a trade at the trade deadline, I will put out a reaction podcast on that night. Um, if they don't, well, I'll be there to recap the Hawks game anyway. The Hawks have been really frisky of late, and the Raptors know that firsthand. They needed a game winner to uh, beat the Hawks recently. So, you know, the Raptors got to be careful, but um, hopefully they take care of the Hawks game and they head into the All-Star break mostly healthy with JV back and you know, second in the Eastern Conference. This is not the worst thing. It's not the worst thing. And uh, we'll see what happens at the deadline. But, you know, it could be worse. You could be the Sixers, relying on Big Rondo to uh, <laughs> carry you to wins. It's no wonder that team has strife. Anyway, I'll be back on Thursday. Peace. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.